Verse number one. We're going to jump into the word of God. Just because it is right and it is appropriate to honor her. Let's thank God for our lead pastor, Dr. Jaquette. Romans 8, 1. It's a word from the Lord. How many of you, don't lie to me, how many of you have been at least dipping here or there in your reading plan um, this past week? We were in the book of Romans across all of our campuses, and Dr. Chiquette wrote an amazing reading plan to be able to help us in our process that we would not just hear a message but that we would be able to follow along and learn something and grow. So uh, the reading plan is in the church app. If you haven't gotten the app, you can just go to either um, the app store on your iPhone. And I, from, yeah, I think it's somewhere in there if you got an Android as well. Um, and uh, I don't know where you go, but wherever you go, it's there somewhere. Um, <laughs> Glory to God. And uh, if you're on the email list, you also should be receiving it or should have received it this past week, um, the email with it connected to it. Are you ready to jump into the word? Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore no, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Somebody say free. From the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I want to minister a message this afternoon entitled, Not Guilty. Not Guilty. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Uh, we, are, we have jumped into uh, a wonderful book where we are watching an apostolic father, um, apostle that was sent to the church at Rome. And he's writing them a letter and communicating with them truths by the heart of God. God is inspiring him to write this letter that they might be encouraged and edified, even corrected, and given the direction that they need. So we get to peek into the conversation of an apostle and the people he's assigned to. When you, when you look at Romans chapter 8, I love the beginning of this verse. When it begins to deal with no condemnation, but you don't properly understand Romans 8 if you have not read Romans 7. Romans 7 gives you the right background and response. And if, you, if, you, if you've ever been there before, you would understand that, that it gives you the right response of why he's saying this in Romans 8 verse 1. So let's go there. Let's go to Romans 7 verse 13. Put that up for me. We're going to walk through the scriptures. I'm going to do my best to teach more than preach, but the holler's going to come at some point in time for sure. Uh, Romans Chapter 7, verse number 13, says, it's Paul talking, and I love this. He says, um, as then what is good uh, become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, 
was producing death in me through what is good. So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. Verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Verse 15. For, I, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, I don't do that. But what I hate to do, that I do. Let's just pause right there for a minute. Leave that up, guys. I love the vulnerability of God's apostle. Whereas in Christianity today, it is this idea that I need to act as if I have it all together. Y'all going to walk with me or what? It's this idea of I need to appear as everything is lined up perfectly. But here is the guy through the hand of God that wrote the major portion of the New Testament saying, the stuff that I'm supposed to do, I ain't doing it. And it's the stuff that that I'm not supposed to do, that's the stuff that seems like it's working in me. Part of the first way to ever be changed or to receive freedom is to admit you got a problem in the first place. I want you to see the example of Apostle Paul today as he is honest about where he's at and saying there's a war happening on the inside of me. If we're never told that, then we seemingly think when the war shows up that there's something wrong with me. If we don't study Romans 7, we start thinking that we are all by ourselves in this war. Come on, y'all. There was moments this week where you didn't look like what you look like right now. I know you're waving your hand. I know y'all running and y'all shouting and all of that. But there are some moments this week when the enemy came within your members, hello, within your mind to try to pull you in a direction. And some of us went right along with the pull. So it makes you feel like, surely I'm a bad Christian. Walk with me, y'all. Surely, 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 surely I don't know God that well. But here is God's apostle. The same man that was knocked off his horse by the light of God. Same man that received the call from God to be sent unto the Gentile. Same man that walks in power. God's man of power and glory is telling you, listen. There's some stuff I will to do, I don't do. And the stuff that I don't want to do is where I find myself. Is that, is that supposed to be an excuse for us doing whatever we're supposed to do? Nah. But, but listen to me. Listen to me. You got to understand that even Jesus himself, he says, listen, he was tempted at all points, but without sin. Why did he allow himself to be ever uh, uh, wrapped in the flesh that you live in is so that you could never feel like he doesn't understand. And so when you pray to God, you've got to break the mindset that, God, you don't get it, okay? Because some of us, when we're praying to God, we're praying like, you know what? You don't understand. You see it on your throne. And God is like, you forgot. I manifested myself as my son. Wrapped myself in that nasty flesh that you're living in. Lived on this planet. Walked on this planet so that when we connected and we bought relationship together, you would understand that I understand. Would you please look at somebody next to you and say, he actually does understand understand for what I am doing I don't understand but what I will to do that I do not practice but what I hate watch these words please what I hate not what I just halfway like what I hate 
Have you been in a moment where you've gone a direction where you're like, this thing, I can't even stand this. How in the world did I get into this position? It's the war raging on the inside of me. You're not here because you're perfect today. I'm not preaching because I'm perfect today. We are here today because we are perfectly imperfect. We are leaning into the process of God perfecting us on our journey. Somebody say, this is good to me already. Tell me now. Verse number 16, if then I do what is not to do, I agree with the law that is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Verse 18. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells in me. For to, for to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. He's saying, listen, I know I'm supposed to do something, but how I'm doing it? That's been a problem. Are y'all looking at this? This is, this is so. Uh, if you've ever been on the journey, just understand this: while you're on the journey, and I'm gonna show you in a minute, you've got help for the journey. In and of yourself, you don't have the ability or the knowledge or the wherewithal to figure out how to do it without divine assistance and help. And heaven is not expecting you to operate or live this way without the help of heaven. Let me say this. The whole point of the law was to be able to make it clear of our need for Christ. You were never supposed to be able to fulfill the requirements of the law. I'll, I'll keep going. Let's just rock this up. Verse 19. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do. Look at this. Not I do it. Are y'all looking at this? I practice it. I practice it. This is interesting now. Because he's not saying, oopsie. I'm just dealing with all the religious bones in here. Just rock with me. He's not saying, oopsie, oop, did it again. No, he's saying, I found myself practicing some of this stuff. If everybody wants to say that he's talking about pre-Christ, you're wrong. If you're talking about before his conversion, you're actually absolutely wrong. We can sit down. We can walk through it. I don't have time to teach you that deeply today. Just trust me. You're wrong. He's talking about after his conversion, he found himself practicing some stuff. Let's go in the Word. Some of y'all are so religious, y'all can't stand it. I'm teaching y'all today that Paul was jacked up. Keep going. Verse 20. Now, if I do what? I will not to do. It is no longer I who do it, right? But it's sin that dwells in me. Here's the proof that he, listen, he wasn't talking to unbelievers. He starts off in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, uh, verse 7 rather, and he says to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. He said, I'm writing to you church folks. Look at somebody next say, he's talking to you. This message ain't to the sinner. This message is to the church at Rome. 
the people who are gathering to worship God. If you're never free to be honest about where you are, you'll never be free to be free. Right? There's become this division where there's this idea and we start weighing sin. Only two. We start weighing sin, so we say your sin is worse than my sin. And I'm better than you because I don't do that no more. <laughs> you, 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 because you behave like that. No, 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 I don't like you. Bring me three chairs. They're like, why don't you tell us in advance you're going to do this? Because some of this stuff don't hit me until I'm on the stage. I didn't know I was going to do this to right now. Don't connect them. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll do this. Maisha, would you come please sit in the first chair? Come here. No, you. Uh-huh. Lindsay, come here. Um we measure sin. So we think certain sins are worse than others. Have a seat, woman of God. And so, so um, um, Exodus. So she used to be a homosexual, full out homosexual, like growing, starting to grow facial hair and stuff and stuff. And <laughs> take us straight up, married to a woman homosexual. Are you rocking with me? Right? If you saw her wedding picture, you would be like, who is that? Right? We had people at the church was like, you know, I haven't seen Pastor Maisha's husband. It's like, she was the husband. When she came to this church, she was not, she came to the church. You and your wife came to the church at first, right? Ex-wife, sorry. Um, you and ex-wife came to church. When people would see a person like who Pastor Maisha was walk in the church, we feel like her sin is worse. Worse than the man that used to be a hoe. So we would let, we good? We would let, we would let the whole do stuff that we would never let the homosexual do. We would let the whole preach. We let the whole prophesy. But we'll tell the homosexual, sit down. I know y'all don't like this. I'm messing with you so deeply this sermon. You, you don't like me and I don't care. lay hands on us with the whole council us well he's just a man he just being a man a man has needs he ain't a whole no more just to be clear but a man has needs preach ho 
Sit down, homosexual. You're silenced. Don't touch nothing because you're nasty. We might as well put a scarlet letter on the homosexual. Yeah, I'm coming for you in here. Paul said, what did Paul say? He said, hey, there's stuff in me that I don't want to do. And he didn't say, I oops into it. Watch it. He said, I practice it. Y'all don't want this. I'm a mess with the half of the church in, the, in America right now. I, you listen, you say, I, no, 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 I practice it. I know. I know. Because you was taught that they needed to be put out. You were taught by a homophobe who was probably gay himself. Because that's what we end up doing. We preach against our issues. When we're hurting on the inside and we wish somebody with us, we're really mad at who we are. So then we get on the mic. Y'all don't want this word. And we get on our and preach to ourselves. Now, I don't know what she's done. Okay, so this is just an example. I know their stories. But I know she's an accountant. So now, if she goes in... Y'all going to say this is really silly, Apostle. But she goes in and takes a pack of pens. If she steals a pack of pens from the office, and Lizzie's like, I don't take pens, okay? But if she stole a pack of pens from the office, we would say nothing. We wouldn't sit her down for stealing a pen. Y'all don't want me to preach this word to you this afternoon, but I'm going to do it anyway. We would not tell her you can't serve because you stole them pens. I heard the Lord. He was talking to me, Jose. We wouldn't tell him, be seated. Be seated, you pen stealer. We're taking you off the team for six months. We would never. But the homosexual, you can't touch anything. We are measuring sin. We're having church, but not operating like Christ. Some of y'all are so uncomfortable right now, and you're like, he's going into off doctrine, and I'm saying you stand with sin consciousness. What's happening? Want to know why nobody wants to come into churches around America? Because of our measurements. Who is better than who? And if I'm done hoeing, then I talk about the hoe like they nothing. Y'all can go sit down. You've got to get to the place Well, you understand what he's trying to say here. Let's go to, now let's go to Romans 8 and 1. Now let's go to Romans 8 and 1. Let's go to Romans 8 and 1. It says, there is therefore, therefore what? What we just finished discussing. Yeah, there's this war. This is connected to the war that was previously stated. The war that began to happen in the inner parts. He said, now I'm addressing that. 
I'm addressing this aspect of those who find themselves practicing something. Even though they're, they, they love God, they serve God, they find themselves practicing something they should not practice. Because of that part, here is the conversation continuing now. Are you with me? He says, now, according to that, there is therefore no condemnation. What does condemnation mean? Good question, class. The Greek word means it's the exact sentence of condemnation handed down after due process. It's the establishment of guilt. God, God is saying through Apostle Paul that now there is now no condemn, no guilt, no penalty of sin. Write that down. There is no penalty that you must pay. There is no guilt that is rest upon you. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Somebody say Christ Jesus. So those who are in Christ, those that have received Christ, those that are hidden in him, there is no condemnation set for them. Those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. See, the key is I'm not just staying here in this practice. My desire, here's the balance for everybody that is so scared. Here's the balance. The balance is I am staying in the process as I desire to walk in the spirit. I'm allowing God to lead me and to grow me and to develop me so that I don't walk according to the flesh. I'm not liking this. I'm not saying it's the way of life and I should be put here. I'm not saying that I should remain here. I'm saying that I'm going to walk according to what the Spirit is leading me. And as I follow the Spirit of God, then I will not walk according to the flesh. Somebody say yes. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me what? Free. Say it again. 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 Free. You are free, but you're walking around carrying something and wearing something that's no longer on you. Could you imagine walking life, operating in life, and you're wearing something that God took off of you? You, you're praising God, you're praising God, you're worshiping God, but you've been wearing guilt. You're honoring the Lord with your offerings, you're paying your tithes, you're, you're, you're giving glory to God, but you've been wearing guilt. And you've allowed the religious uh, people of the day, modern day Pharisees and Sadducees, make you feel like you were worth nothing. And make you feel like you were less than because of the thing that you found yourself in. But the Spirit of God wants you to know today that through the power of Christ you are free. And I don't know, I don't know who needs to hear that today in San Bernardino, California. But you are free. And this is what I like. And who the Son says free is free. Watch this now. In D is irrevocable. You can't change my freedom, baby. You're not going to put me back in chains when the chains have already been broken. Hit your neighbor next to you and tell him I am free. Verse 3. What the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. The law was what? It was weak through the flesh. God 
God did it by what? By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemns sin in the flesh. Sin is condemned. I'm not condemned. <laughs> I'm not. There's no condemnation on me. But now the condemnation transferred from me to sin. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, yeah. God's not sick of me. He's sick of sin. Are you understanding this? Uh, the condemnation comes upon sin. Let's just read the Bible today. That the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled. I don't have to try to pay for something because it was fulfilled through Christ. Are you getting this? So when you find yourself feeling like, oh, I cannot fulfill purpose. I cannot do X, Y, and Z because I am so messed up or I'm just this and I'm just that. You got to remember that it was already fulfilled. The penalty was already paid. Are you getting this today? The requirement of the law uh, might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I like Romans 8.33. We're just reading the Bible. I like Romans 8.33. Let's look at that. Who shall bring a charge <laughs> about the run? against God's elect? You can't charge me. <laughs> You, you, you can't charge me. It's been taken care of. That's enough to throw one of these chairs. I said, you cannot charge. Because here's the thing. There have been people who have been raising charges against you. Huh? That y'all don't. <laughs> they have been charging against Because once you come into Christ, you know, people outside of Christ and people in Christ start measuring everything about you. Hello. You know, you know don't you make a mistake. And they're like, I told you that Christ thing wasn't real. I told you. I knew you wasn't for real. You just running up to that church. Hey, you ain't for real with God. There's charges that's trying to come against me. The Bible says, who, who, who will bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? Oh, I love it. What does that mean? I've got help. Some of us are wasting our time calling people who've been walking with the Lord a long time to pray for us who don't have prayer lives. You're just calling them because they owed. Let me call Big Mama so she can pray. Big Mama don't even pray for herself. Are y'all here today? Because somebody been saved a long time, we go to them. And the reality is Jesus is on the right hand of the Father forever making intercession for you. Oh, this is so good to me. So that means that while I'm in the war in my flesh, I'm not in the war by myself. Oh, God. So, so Jesus is sitting down, not laughing at me, not pointing the finger at me, not saying I'm bad. He's sitting there interceding for me. He's standing. Oh, my God. He's standing in the gap. How can you charge me when he's praying for me? Oh, how can you charge me when he's believing for me how can you charge me when he's standing for my victory he's on the right hallelujah he's on the right hand of the father he's making intercession for us write this down what God demands he supplies 
What God demands, he supplies. Whatever he's called you to do, he has a supply for you to do it. I'm trying my best not to get into grace until like the end week last day. It's hard in Romans 8. If you're just going to get it, you got, I'm, trying, I'm trying to hold my peace. But listen to me. Grace is God's divine ability to do a thing. Whatever he's called you to do, he's locked grace in it for you to do it. So you are never supposed to be able to do it in and of your own flesh. It's him who makes the demand that also gives the supply. I wish I had a church. It is he who makes the demand that gives you the supply of what you need. Whatever he called you to do, he he never intended for you to do it upon your own ability. Hit somebody behind you that's sick of me yelling and tell them he gives us supply. I can make it through because Jesus has my back. I like it better that way. Yeah, yeah. You can leave me if you want to. You can talk about me if you want to. You can say I don't have it together if you want to. But Jesus said I don't got time to talk about you. I got to pray. I ain't got time to talk. I got to pray and intercede that you make it through this war. You are not going to lose this war because God's grace, his divine ability is working on the inside of you. You preaching, boy. Thank you, sir. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Let's skip down to verse 5 and then we're, we're going to get out of here. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. So here's the difference. I might have a practice that I found myself in. I'm not settling in it and making the decision that I'm going to stay here. But the way that I process and I war to remove myself from this circumstance is I make a decision that I'm not going to live according to the flesh. Because I'm, and how do I do that? I have to change what I set my mind on. Here's practicalities. If I change my thinking, I change my living. Right? You understand the principle of what I focus on the much is, most is what I become. As a man thinking in his heart. So is he, right? What I focus on the most is what I become. You understand that? So, so he's saying, listen to me. If I can change what I set my mind upon, and I don't have to do it by myself, he graces me to change my thinking. I'm not doing it alone. He empowers me to change my thinking. For those, those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, somebody say the things of the spirit, that's what they're focusing on. So for to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is what? So if I can change what my mind is focused on, I can find the peace and the life I need. Part of your whole journey of why you've been feeling so weighed down is because your thought patterns have been in the wrong direction. It's as simple as that. If you could change what you're focusing on, you can change your whole life experience. Something horrible could be, horrible could be coming, uh, happening around you and you don't have to acquiesce to the horrible thing by how you process it and how you, how you view it and what your perspective is. Are you getting this? If you begin to focus on what God said, what do I focus on? That's why, and I know y'all, some of you don't want to hear this again. That's why you need the word of God, man. How can be a whole Christian and don't like the Bible? How you a whole Christian and don't like the Bible? 
word is where you focus your mind. Set your mind on things that are above. Are you rocking with me today, church? Why? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. What does it mean? It's in war. It's in war. So when your thought process is focused on the things of the flesh, you're aligning yourself with the enemy of your destiny. Did you hear what I said to you? So you got to adjust things. How do I adjust that? You ready for this? Thank you for those that ain't saying nothing because you're like, I don't know where he about to go. Here it is. I always tell you, he's got to watch what you watch. You got to watch what you listen to. You got to watch what you read. You got to watch what you watch. You got to watch what you listen to. You got to watch what you read. Why? Because you are feeding your mind the wrong information. <laughs> you want me to leave out? You want me to turn my plow? I'm not going to listen. I, I'm going to tell you real quick that the reason why you have not walked into the revelation of what's already been paid for you is because of what you have been taking in. You can't want to be. I told you you can't want to be free from X, Y, and Z, and then you're listening to that. Watch this. I'm not telling you it's a sin or in, I'm telling, I'm just trying to help you. You can't want to be free and then giving your, giving your enemy food and feeding your enemy. Okay. Y'all was with me before when I said, hey, no kind of, you ain't guilty. And I preach your pastor. When I start dealing with your character. <laughs> When I start talking about what you need to shift, y'all, y'all are crickets in here today. Y'all ain't got nothing to say now, huh? Are you getting this? <laughs> so verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But the carnal mind is at enmity against God, but it's, subject, it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Verse 8. So then... For those who are in the flesh cannot please. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Are you reading the same Bible? Right? So, so verse 9, let's go. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Let's keep moving. Verse 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. That's why I want to pause for a minute and we out of here in a second, y'all. But listen to this. He said, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. Very important. Resurrection power lives on the inside of you. 
So not only is your mortal body being brought to life, the way that you're able to accomplish these things that seem otherworldly, this way that you're able to accomplish these things that seem beyond you is the spirit of God that is in you, right? So I'm not just flesh. I told you this last week. I'm not going to let you tell me I'm just a flesh person. I'm not going to let you tell me I'm only human because the spirit of Christ is working in me. Now, now that same power lives on the inside of me. So when you start feeling like you cannot do what God calls you to do, look at somebody and say, it's in me, it's in me, it's in me, it's in me, it's in me. The power of God is in me. That same resurrection power is now moving on the inside of me. That's how I'm going to raise the dead. Y'all know what this That's how I'm going to heal the sick. That's how I'm going to cast the devil out. That's how I'm going to walk in purpose. That's how I'm going to walk in my call is because the power is on the inside of me. Don't look at me and think that I am who I used to be. I gave my life to Christ and I received by faith the working of the power on the inside of me. Hit your neighbor say it's working in me. Christ from there I was his life to our mortal battles through his spirit that dwells in me. I'm almost done. Verse 26. We're just reading the Bible. Likewise, the spirit, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Likewise, the spirit is also, it helps in our what? If you don't admit you have a weakness, you have no help. The help is lended to your weakness. If you try to fake like the weakness is there, that's why you don't have no assistance. But you need to be honest about your problem. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I came in the church this morning. People say, how you doing? I said, pissed off. People are like, oh my God, didn't he say that? Yeah, I am very pissed off. But I said, just give me a minute because the Lord's going to help me. If I can't admit, y'all... Somebody done ticked me off. That's your problem now. Because you think that God only wants to help you come out of this and that. No, God even wants to help you with your countenance and your attitude. Hello. Yeah, he wants to deal with the weakness in your character too. Hello. And so when I came in this morning, I said, I am pissed. Give me a minute. Why? Because the Lord is going to help me in my weakness. For we do not. No, but we should pray as we ought. That's what I love. But the Spirit himself make intercession for us with what? Look at this scripture. All you people that can't stand tongues and can't stand utterances that you can't uh, uh, comprehend in the natural. Look at that. He said, you don't, you, you, it's not comprehended uh, language. He said, but there's groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes you'll get into the place of intercession and prayer and you don't have no words to say. It's just something that begins to move on the ends, y'all. The spirit begins to send a cry up out of you and begins to pray through you. Somebody say, pray, Lord, pray. Next verse. Now he searches the heart, knows what the mind of Christ is because he makes intercession for the saints. According to what? According to what? As best way to be able to pray 
is to pray in addition, in, in connection with the Spirit of God. Because he's praying according to who? The will of God. Verse 28, I'm done. We know that even the war that I'm dealing with, even in the thing in my members at time that makes me feel like I can't or I'm not good, we know that all of it. See, we just quote this scripture all the time. But why don't we connect it in the context? He said, the war, all of these things that you were experiencing, he said, know that all things work together for the good of those that love God. Pastor, you can't say you got to love them. To those who are called according to his purpose. If I can end this today, this message of guilt not being yours, not resting upon you, God is not playing the measurement game of sin, but he's saying every part of your process, I'm working it for your good. I don't know about you, but I feel a little bit better sometimes when I can understand that my experience was not wasted. It's some stuff that's been a part of my journey where I'm like, I know, uh, uh, God, really? Like, is, huh? Like, how does that connect? But God is saying, no matter what the experience was and or is, is working for your good. Ooh, it's a good place to thank God. Because when I leave out of this place today, the truth is, as soon as we get out of these doors, we're faced with stuff that we forgot about for the, you know, two hours and some minutes that we were in church. Soon as we get out of these doors, we're faced with situations and individuals and we must be encouraged in ourselves to believe that it's working for if you don't remember anything else that God said to you today, you are not guilty. I have taken care of all of it. 